they lived happily ever after. Okay. I like Wait, what? Huh? There you go. Uh oh. Perhaps uh oh. What? Oh! Oh shit. Oh, here he is. Now the party here, started. Here, Ultron. It, it's that vision. Magnificent Man. bastard did it. Welcome back to New Rockstars Marvel Studios. What if episode seven was a party that comes to an abrupt end or an abrupt beginning with Infinity Stone powered Ultra Vision? But really, for nerds like us, that's when the party begins. Like dance music, vandalism, yawn. But give us some synthesoids with some big bang gems. <laughs> party, 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 get out the board games. Yes! What the, what the if? if? This is Inside Marvel, our after show for Marvel's What If on Disney+. Plus. I'm Eric Voss. Thank you so much to MT last week for covering the breakdown for me. Uh, you did a great job. I love that video. Uh, but I'm back on breakdown duty this week. And tomorrow's video with all the Easter eggs you missed is coming to the channel tomorrow. But right now, I'm talking about this episode seven with MT. MT, a thoughts? Man, it was a party for sure. We had a lot of cameos from different, like, people yeah, from different areas of the Marvel Universe. My mind was exploding when the Sovereign showed up to party, because those guys <laughs> yeah. are just notoriously just like, I hate everybody else. And they're just like, oh, man, this party's really good. So if the Sovereign yeah. showed up, that's a good party. It's it's like going to a party and be like, whoa, you got the snobs to come? Right? Whoa. You got the nerds wow. to leave the library? You got everybody. <laughs> it felt like kind of like what uh, a Stefan description was from the SNL Stefan sketch. We got everyone. <laughs> we got Howard the Duck. We got the song. We got Grandmaster and his little topaz. Oh my party. God. Freaking, they, they even brought the weapon that melted that guy to the party. Yeah. Like, that's hilarious. We got Clancy Brown as Surtur, Melting Statue of Liberty. <laughs> Mr. Krabs back as Surtur. I love yeah, that. I yeah. love that so much. He melted her arm off. He was like, oh, shit. I'm too Oops. <laughs> well, in a universe where Odin never adopted Loki and instead returned him to the Frost Giants, Thor became essentially Logan Paul and parties oh, it up on Earth as Odin scenario. goes into Odin's sleep. I also love how Frigga's like, I'm going with the girls. We're going to drink. Uh, Chardonnay <laughs> to celebrate the solstice, which has got a party too. Now, I think Odin had the best idea here because as someone who despises loud parties, I'd rather just have a nice nap. I think mm. Odin had the best plan. So Me if I too. could just be I'm not Odin, really a partier. <laughs> I wanted to follow Odin. What was Odin dreaming about? What if Odin had Odin dreams and Odin's sleep? Why don't we cut to the dreams? I just wanted to see what happens right? when he sleeps. Oh I know God. he recharges energy. I just wanted to know. Um, but Jane Foster and Darcy joined the party in Vegas, uh, mm. and it's filled with MCU cameos. We got Korg, Grandmaster, Topaz, Scourge, Yondu, Drax, Rocket, Mantis, Surtur, the Sovereign, and Aisha, and more. Darcy freaking marries Howard the Duck. Woo! And Congratulations, Darcy. Good choice. Very, very nice man. Yeah, we were joking that, like, we also wanted to see what married life between Darcy and Howard the Duck was. Yes. It would be so hilarious and probably very contentious. Like, uh, Howard's like, no, I don't want to explore adoption. And Darcy's like, how could you even say that? There are so many kids who need to be adopted right now. And they just get divorced. And... And then Laura Dern shows up and says, look, you deserve some of that grant money that you have. And Howard the Duck just punches a hole in the wall. And then uh, he goes, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And just clutches her ankles. And then uh, Darcy takes half of the bread, obviously. Yes. When you're out of luck, 
Divorce the duck. Divorce uh, the duck. <laughs> <laughs> well, Loki shows up in this episode as a fully fledged frost giant, and mm -hmm. MT. That did things to me that I'm not ready to talk about. Oh, just okay. I mean, like, I, I don't think you're angles. alone there because Twitter went ablaze. Went ablaze for Frost Giant Loki. Good God. Yikes. Uh, well, S.H.I.E.L.D. steps in. Uh, Maria mm. Hill as acting secretary or acting director as uh, uh, Fury was knocked out of, out of the <laughs> world by, by Gorg. Gorg. Ball cannons. Uh, and then uh, Maria Hill summons Carol Danvers to knock mm. Thor around the globe. <laughs> I love these big Looney Tunes style right? country names on the map. What? <laughs> it was very Roadrunner so to me, I feel. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then uh, Thor wins round one and shames mm. Carol Danvers. Ha! Party pooper! <laughs> Loser! Party. And then S.H.I.E.L.D. decides to just try to nuke Thor, but Jane reaches Heimdall and Frigga. Frigga scolds Thor, and then Thor, like Ferris Bueller style, rushes to clean up the planet <laughs> before she gets back. And then Thor sets up a date with Jane, but a portal opens to a squad of Ultron drones led by Ultravision, is what we're calling mm. them here. He's armed with with all six infinity stones. Mm -mm, MT, this is problem. huge. Yes. We saw Ultravision on the poster for the series, along with shots of Ultron sentries and trailers. So the guy's coming back. This is our first uh, crossover confirmation on What If. The mm. anthology structure is officially over. We're on the continuity train. So we got to talk about how Ultravision came to be and what he's doing next. That's what we're going to talk about this episode. But first, uh, you are running out of time to grab a What If Latest Obsession shirt at NewRockStarsMerch.com. As the show winds down, so does the availability of our limited supply shirt. There's also two really cool Shang-Chi shirts available, and you get a really great discount if you buy them both at the same time. I didn't know that. Mm. Wow. I didn't know that so either. Stack, wow. You get, it's like <laughs> multiple for one. I don't know what the deal is. Check out the website, newrocksmerch.com. <laughs> but if you get the What If Latest Obsession shirt, you'll get the option to leave a custom shout out that runs during Inside Marvel. What do we mm. have here? Let's see. Katie Carl says, Eric, who would star as Peggy and Rogers the Musical? Ooh. Oh. Who would star as Peggy? Uh, Sutton Foster has, uh, is a pretty great talent. Uh, Christy Carlson Romano. Oh my God! Let's get Steven Kim Stevens Possible on Belle that. Even Belle in Beauty and the Beast. I think she'd make a great Peggy. Uh, I think what we'd need like a, a British uh, star, right? I don't, I don't know enough uh, recent British uh, West End stars. Just get any of the cast of the six. I think could handle that. Having, I don't know I their agree. names, but they're <laughs> freaking great. Let's see. Uh, D'Angelo asks in a multiversal twist, "What if Killmonger has a character arc and becomes our new Black Panther in the MCU?" Mm. Mm. This is what a lot of people have been like, like speculating or like even hoping to see, like Killmonger, like a multiversal Killmonger, come in and replace Black Panther. I don't think that they'll do that. I just think that Killmonger was a villain in Black Panther One, and like they're reestablishing that he was a villain in this What If series. So, like, it would just be weird just to be like, all right, and now he's good, and now he's leading Wakanda. Uh, yeah, it doesn't feel right to me either. I, I mean, he died, and his death was a pretty important death. I think it, if mm -hmm. uh, you were to ever, like, I think it's possible. People theorize different ways. Um, um, Killmonger could be reanimated or brought back to mm -hmm. life, you know, through the Atlanteans or something like that. Right. Um, I just think his death had some great weight and some great meaning. Oh, so in, much good Black Panther. And I... And it'd be weird to see Michael B. Jordan just kind of come back. However, if a multiverse is coming, there's all kinds of new things they could do with characters bringing them back, etc. So uh, we'll see. I just don't know if this particular arc will be the route they would go. Right. Um, 
But James Yaw asks, I still go back and watch the Miss Minutes jump scare reaction video in the Loki finale. <laughs> she got both of you. Yes, she did. And I am looking around every corner for Miss Minutes. I was so unafraid the entire time. I don't even know what you're talking about, James. I beans, know what James. you're talking about. And my <laughs> pants are still wet. I don't yes. have continents anymore because of Miss Minutes. <laughs> Yikes. Uh, well, MT, what's our first question coming out of this episode? Well, Eric, what if Ultravision is the ultimate villain of the series? Mm. And like, where the hell did Ultravision even come from? Yeah, so Ultravision is coming back because we saw him on the poster and in trailer mm -hmm. footage, Ultron sentries are mowed over by Natasha Romanoff in a snowy setting. And mm -hmm. Natasha joins a team of post-apocalyptic heroes that includes Captain Carter, Party Thor, Gamora with Thanos' sword, and presumably mm -hmm. Strange Supreme, maybe some others. But Ultra Vision is probably what Ultron's ultimate plan was before the Avengers interrupted him and took Vision's body in Avengers right. Age of Ultron. Because right. remember, Ultron planned to create a new synthesoid form that would be his final form using vibranium-infused tissue and the Mind Stone, and then he was going to plug himself in, but then Helen Cho uh, unplugged it, and the Avengers stole the cradle. Um, so instead of housing Jar uh, so instead of housing Ultron's consciousness, the Avengers reprogrammed it with Jarvis's AI to right. get Vision, but also thanks to the help of a Mjolnir tap. Like, there was a lot of ingredients that went yes. into what we got as Vision. Um <laughs> But in this case, we now see an Ultron-looking robotic shell encasing Vision's face, Mind Stone mm -hmm. in the head, the other five stones on the chest plate. There's a few interesting things to talk about here, because this episode is okay. set during the first Thor film, right? Or around that same time, Phase 1, I think we could say. Right. Uh, and Age of Ultron didn't occur until, like, Phase 2. That's when Thor had been working alongside the Avengers for a few years that was in 2015. That's like four years. Yeah, so could Ultravision be using the Time Stone to go back to this moment? Why? Like, why wouldn't he go back earlier if he's trying to kill Avengers? But uh, then I thought maybe Ultravision could be the result of Tony Stark just implementing his Ultron plan earlier around the time mm. of Iron Man 2, which was Fury's big week. But that still right. doesn't work because Stark needed the Mind Stone to make Ultron online to begin with. So he wouldn't have had the Mind Stone yet. It was still in Loki's scepter, which wasn't even right. Loki's scepter yet. Um, but I think it brings up the most interesting detail of this episode, the Infinity Gauntlet in Odin's vault. That was one mm. of the most fun Easter eggs I spotted. Because at first <laughs> it seemed like just a jokey shout out to how they had the Infinity Gauntlet uh, in Thor 1 in Odin's background. And everyone's like, whoa, that was there. But then Marvel later <laughs> retconned that one. It's yeah. just a fake gauntlet when mm -hmm. Hela pushed it over in Ragnarok. Fake. But if you remember, that fake version of the gauntlet was a right-handed one. And the mm. stones had a different configuration. The blue stone was in the middle because I think at that point they hadn't decided which stone was going to be which in Thor 1 or if they were right. ever going to do an Infinity Stone story. Uh, but mm. this gauntlet, they straight up committed to it being Thanos' left-handed gauntlet. The yellow mm. Mind Stone is in the middle. This is the real legit gauntlet. Now, to me, I kind of read this as like how What If has done this with other Phase 1 weirdnesses. Like they recast Terrence Howard as like the, the Don Cheadle version of the character in right. last week's episode uh same with like edward norton's appearance no longer exists and what if it's just been ruffalo since the beginning <laughs> yeah. so in the same way it seems like they're doing that but it's also just weird that this uh gauntlet in the main mcu timeline wasn't even forged until Etri yeah. forged it for thanos years later so right. 
I think ultimately we just have to chalk this up to it makes no sense whatsoever for Odin <laughs> to have this version of the real actual gauntlet yet with all the stones in it uh, yeah. in the vault. Unless you could argue it's another fake one, but it's just a fake one that looks exactly like the one Thanos wears. So it has less of that fakeness to write off as a joke. You know, it's, it's a little confusing. But I think ultimately the only way Ultra Vision makes sense is if he comes from an alternate reality right. using the powers of the combined infinity stones to do this he must have come from a reality where ultron was successful mm. produced a final form with vision and then went on to stage a conquest for the stones before thanos ever got to it and now he's mm. hopping reality to reality conquering the multiverse and he's so dangerous that even the watcher didn't see him coming he was surprised oh, which is interesting right true. he's like wait huh what so <laughs> he's like huh? but this is a big deal mt because like before this Whenever we saw the Infinity Stones combined, the worst thing that could happen would be that someone could, like, erase all of life or just destroy right. the the universe as we knew it and start over uh, right. or, like, ha bring back half of all life. But now we're, like, learning new things that once you have all six Infinity Stones, you can do a lot of stuff. Uh, they, you know, and in this case, I think they basically turn you into a nexus being who can transcend mm. realities. And by this same logic, staying in the world of what if, Zombie Thanos, after he would have attained the, the Mind Stone, would also be able to transcend realities to spread oh, the zombie virus. No. So looking ahead to the final two episodes, I think that's a showdown we're headed for. Mm. Stone-powered Ultravision and his sentries versus stone-powered Thanos and his zombies, and then the surviving Avengers assembled by the Watcher, caught in the middle trying to keep the multiverse from tipping too far to either side of that chaos. Oh my god, this is like Infinity War 2, essentially. Like, we're just getting more... This is like a true Infinity War. Two Infinity-powered beings going to war while a third party tries to stop everyone from wrecking the multiverse. I like it. I dig it. I really hope that's what happens. Because it does yeah. seem like they're setting that up. But also, what's really interesting here is that this sort of is a confirmation that the Infinity Stones work in other universes. Like, it doesn't matter yeah. what uni universe that you're in or if, if the stones are native to that universe they can just come in and it'll work, uh, apparently. So yeah. that gives us hope for the, the future of the MCU. Well, not that the like the live-action MCU needs Infinity Stones, but like the Infinity Stones could technically come back into the universe by through another um, from another universe. Yeah, it's, I mean, coming out of Loki, it was a little unclear what the power status of the Infinity Stones were. It seems like in the TVA, TVA is kind mm. of like a neutral ground, right? So when they're in right. the evidence drawer, they're depowered. When they're in the void... I mean, the the drawer got pruned due to the void. Right. So would the Infinity Stones have power? We've been asked about that before. My guess is no. Like, mm. the void, the TVA, the Citadel at the end of time represent stuff removed from any part of the sacred timeline. Even though the final shot of Loki Season 1 shows reality warping as if it mm. were part of a, of a sacred timeline chunk. Hi everybody, I'm Katie Segal. And I'm Kurt Sutter. And welcome to our new podcast called Pi, People, Influences, and Experiences. Yes, it's sort of the uh, get to know ya at a deeper level, the who, what, when, where, and why you are rather than what it is you do. Absolutely, we're not gonna to talk too much about what people do, we just wanna know about their families, where they come from, you know, what shapes their parenting if they have kids, what shapes their marriages if they're married. 
We just want to be really nosy. We want to get in there. A deep dive into nature and nurture. And we started it because there are a lot of people that we don't know that we are curious about. Right. And I have no friends, so for me, it's, you know. Try like, to get them out of the house. Listen to it on whatever you listen to. <laughs> Podcasts on yeah, podcasts, your, 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 your podcasting apparatus. Watch it on the YouTube. He's aging himself. We'll have to wait till season two. <laughs> right. We don't really know yet, but um, but I think the I think you're right, MT. I think stones can work in different timelines. I used to think that stones have could only work if they were in the timeline that they were mm. attached to originally. But I think even if they go to different universes, at least, maybe that's the difference, right? Universes versus timelines. But it seems like at least the rules of what if is that you can transcend realities with those infinity stones and they can still function. Like you can still turn people into bubbles. Thanos' <laughs> <laughs> favorite thing to do with unlimited power. It's like bubbles for everyone. I mean, that's what I would do. I would sleep. <laughs> I would wake up and play board games and then I would blow bubbles. And that's all you know I would what? do with my life. I feel what if Thanos was actually just like a really like wholesome, chill guy who liked cute things, but he's just like, oh, I just gotta just gotta do run maintenance to the universe real quick. But after this, <laughs> it's just puppies and bubbles all day long on my farm. Hey, I have a question, MT. Do you yeah. think that Ultravision could have gotten those six infinity stones from zombie Thanos? That maybe there was some fight and then like the Ultron sentries activated. Uh, and then from there, they took out the zombies or maybe just made like a safe zone. I mean, because the zombies can't really affect an Ultron sentry. They can right. affect Vision, you would think, right? Even though Vision says that he's uh, an android, he is mm. a synthesoid. He is made partially of human tissue. Whatever. I, I won't question that logic too much. But <laughs> I think that you could argue the Ultron sentries are immune to a zombie virus and then might be able to steal those stones from Thanos in some kind of sneaky way. And maybe there was some past war where they where they fought and then like zombies were supplanted by AI. No, I think that that makes a lot of sense there because like, you know, zombies at the end of the day, they're still human tissue and like Ultron bots they're robots and like they're able to take over you know the the the, unit, the world in many robot apocalypse scenarios so like why not a zombie world i feel like it'd be very a lot easier honestly to take over a zombie world as you know this ultron thanos but what's really interesting about ultravision for me and what makes him more dangerous than like thanos with the infinity gauntlet is that vision is made out of a vibranium body he has this vibranium synthesoid body so like we've seen with uh, with thanos and with tony and with the uh, hulk that when they snap and use the stones, it really messes them up. But with Vision, he has this synthesoid body made of vibranium. He could probably use the stones repeatedly because he has a more durable body that is made uh -huh. of vibranium. So, like, uh -huh. I feel like he's more of a threat than we've ever seen um, with these stones. There was a question around Infinity War about would synthesoids or would people who are mostly machine, I think if they started as a living life form, they would snap, right? Uh, mm. The way, you know, Peter Quill and a lot of the Guardians have, like, different uh, embedded things. But Vision died when his Mind Stone was ripped out. So we don't right. know what would have happened. Like, could he snap away? Uh, this is back when I didn't like Vision that much. So my argument was like, <laughs> no, he's not alive. He's going to have to watch all of his friends die. That's what robots have to do. Um, since WandaVision, I, have I now love Vision. Uh, he's now one of my favorite characters so i would say he now has more of a soul and more humanity he probably would be on the cutting block 
if uh, if it came to it, and he could have dusted. He has more of a soul than I do, Eric. <laughs> oh, definitely more than I do. You, I believe, have the soul of ten post-Vision oh, WandaVisions. That means a lot to me, because I love Visions. So and great. 40 pre-Vision WandaVisions. There's math in my head for how I evaluate Jarvises. people. Yes. Well, before we continue, guys, there's nothing sexier than confidence, and Blue Chew can give you confidence when it counts and where it counts. Blue Chew is a unique <laughs> online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever an opportunity arises. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. But the best part, it's all done online. So no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. BlueChew's tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet package. So if you could benefit from extra confidence when it's time to perform, BlueChew can help. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try BlueChew free when you use our promo code InsideMarvel at checkout. Just pay the $5 in shipping. That's bluechew.com promo code inside Marvel to receive your first month free. Visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring this episode. But we also want to thank Helix for sponsoring us. You know, one what if you don't want to find the answer to? What if I had a bad night of sleep on this mattress? So I don't mm. want to know. You deserve certainty with your mattress, and Helix Sleep is here to deliver because you will never have to wonder that question with Helix Sleep. They make the best mattresses. They have a quiz that matches your body type and sleep preferences to the mattress that is perfect for you. They have soft, medium, and firm mattresses. Mattress is great for cooling you down if you sleep hot. Even a Helix Plus mattress for plus size sleepers. I took the quiz. I got matched with a Dusk Lux Helix mattress because I wanted a medium firm mattress with lumbar support that sleeps cool. I sleep great on my Helix mattress, no questions asked. The mattress ships right to your door for free. You never need to go to a mattress store ever again. They were awarded the number one best overall mattress pick of 2020 by GQ and Wired Magazine. Just go to helixsleep.com slash insidemarvel, take their two-minute sleep quiz, and they will match you to a customized mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life. Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our audience at helixsleep.com slash insidemarvel. That's helixsleep.com slash insidemarvel for up to $200 off and two free pillows. And we want to thank Upstart for sponsoring this episode. If you dread looking at your credit card statement every month, Upstart can help lift that weight off your shoulders. Upstart is a fast and easy way to pay off your debt with a personal loan all online. Whether it's paying off credit cards, consolidating high-interest debt, or funding personal expenses, over half a million people have used Upstart to get a simple fixed monthly payment. Unlike other lenders, Upstart looks at more than just your credit score, like your income, your employment history. That means they can offer smarter rates with trusted partners. With a five-minute online rate check, you can see your rate upfront for loans between $1,000 to $50,000. You can receive funds as fast as one business day after accepting your loan. Find out how Upstart can lower your monthly payments today when you go to upstart.com slash marvel. That's upstart.com slash marvel. Don't forget to use our URL to let them know that we sent you. Loan amounts will be determined based on your credit income and certain other information provided in your loan application. Go to upstart.com slash marvel. All right, back to the episode. MT, I want to ask you, what if right. the watcher was surprised by Ultravision because this watcher is less perceptive than we thought? Mm, that's actually that's actually what caught me by surprise there <laughs> no pun intended was because the watcher yeah you're right because the watcher was like wait what is this what's happening ultron's coming and like i assumed that the watcher would just be able to see everything and know everything but like it got a, it kind of made me think like oh yeah 
The Watcher watches. The Watcher is not omniscient. The Watcher doesn't know everything. That's why he watches. If he knew everything, then why would he have to watch in the first place? So I was just like, you know what? There's, I I like how they caught him by surprise because it sort of put some limits on his power. It's like, all right, we're not dealing with this, like, you know, even though like the the promo material and even the intro sort of gives him this like eternity-esque vibe with like, you know, the cosmos um, Mm -hmm. it being his body and like his eyeball being a star, sort of like eternity. Um, Even though he's like that and they, they depict him like that, he's not as, you know, omniscient as eternity would be. He's just this cosmic being that watches so i did like that and it does seem to imply that he is less perceptive than we originally thought but what do you think what do you think that yeah is? i agree i they do these little things to humanize him we've talked in the before about how he just gets closer and closer and closer every episode <laughs> right uh, but like you also see more of his face his skin his mouth moving he mm-hmm. has like kind of a flesh tone to him uh and right. now this episode there's like the fact that he's surprised, I, I I might be reading into it, but when he blinks, like, the brightness of his eyes just fades away for a second. I'm like, so this guy's capable of blinking. He doesn't see every moment. He sees the inside of his eyelids sometimes. It's just, like, a little <laughs> animation detail to feel like, oh, yeah, he blinks. He's, like, mm. the fact that he blinks means he misses things. Right. Uh, and uh, I think the fact that he was surprised, like, every other time when an episode has, like, a, a doom ending, like, zombie Thanos or whatever it is, the Watcher's always kind of like a, I told you so. <laughs> I told you not to do this stuff, Doctor Strange. But this time he's like, even I didn't know this was coming. So I think at this point, this just tells us that uh, the Watcher's about to intervene. I think at this point he's like, mm. oh, I don't know everything. Right. I should probably <laughs> stop some of this stuff from transcending too many realities. Because I think right. the, the final episodes are going to be like, uh ultra vision zombie thanos these other things are going to be hopping from reality to reality uh mm. and destroying the multiverse and the watcher's like well if i have nothing to watch i'll have to play <laughs> board games and learn the joys of wingspan and castles of burgundy and lords of water deep not take it to ride that's trash but lots of other wonderful games to enjoy and not have to watch things all the time Right. I mean, if someone's going to deactivate my interdimensional cable, you best believe I'm intervening. Um, that's unacceptable. I want to also ask you, MT, what if whatever happened on this Alpha Star Icarus was actually mm. genocide? I thought that was going to be revealed as something this episode. And like a lot right. of things, what if we just kind of never address it again? It was just like, oh, yeah, it was fine. Don't even worry about it. It was just going to explode anyway. <laughs> he said it was a meteor anyway. It was already burning up. We just helped move it along faster. No one got hurt. Even Gary the goat got away eventually. <laughs> and I thought we were going to get answers to like what happened there. Right. What do you think happened there, MT? I just want to hear your fan fiction <sighs> theories for what happened to those people. Actually, no, that's a really good question, Eric, because I don't really 100% know what happened there either because they don't really go into it. But I think that what probably happened was just that he probably maybe he just dropped the hammer a little bit too hard or something. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, oh, shit, I may have accidentally wrecked this whole system thing. So I don't know. I think, I think it probably has something to do with Mjolnir. <laughs> I think he told Surtur to break dance. And Surtur just started doing some coffee grinders, some windmills, some flares, some backspins, and just lost sight of himself and burned that planet faster than it was supposed to. I don't, I, like, this episode never got too dark where you saw people screaming in terror 
mm. like tourists at Liberty Island who got crushed by the arm of the Statue of Liberty as it fell on them. <laughs> uh, but like probably some people died. There might have been people in that Ferris wheel, um, you know, those gondolas. Uh, and it was never explored, but people probably died. And I wish this episode went into that more. Personally. Right? Like, I would love to see, like, a super realistic take. Like, sort of like Invincible Lobos. Of, like, yeah. all the actual casualties that happened during this rager. Because, like, it would have been a really good perspective. And, like, kind of, like, made me feel like, oh, shit, we, we should really stop this party. Because, like, to Just... me, from our perspective, it's like, let the party go on. Everyone's having a good time. Why, why not stop the party? Yeah. Yeah, like uh, like Thor just grabs uh, <laughs> Jane Foster. He's like, kiss line! And just starts mowing her through a oh subway train. Oh my god! Kiss, 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 kiss! <laughs> and she turns around and just face covered in blood. And she doesn't oh. have a face anymore. Because oh she's no. Like, oh no. <laughs> explore <laughs> the darkness, what if. Don't be afraid of it. I think the people of Alpha Star Icarus were slaughtered. I think it was genocide, and I think had Captain Marvel not intervened, and had Frigga not intervened, that would have happened to Earth eventually, too. I think they need to party so much, and I think that everyone, everyone who has loud parties on Earth, every uh, influencer out there who throws these ragers, that's secretly what they want to do. They want to burn the world down until... Mm, James Corden with all of those uh, flash mobs. You know, yep. that's what he wants to do. That bastard, when he down. goes out on crosswalks <laughs> and he stops traffic, he wants to bring cities to a standstill. That's what they're doing. They're hedonists. They want to destroy the wor world. And we have to stop them by making them fall in love with Wingspan. Exactly. Wingspan will save us all. It really will. I have a Wingspan <laughs> shirt. I wish I could wear it, but it blew it blends in with the blue background. And then I'm just a floating SMH. head like Scott Lang and it freaks people out. <laughs> Well, uh, our final question, what if Captain Marvel couldn't lift the hammer, right? Would that make Lady mm. Thor, Jane Foster, technically be mightier than her, considering in Thor Love and Thunder, she can mm. wield Mjolnir? See, I don't know, because we, we did see Captain Marvel and Thor go head-to-head -head in this episode, and Captain Marvel seemed to be stronger in, in terms of, like, you know, just power um than thor it seems so i would say on par i don't know stronger i think she's mm. on par and then when mjolnir anchored her down that was it this like that was the end of the conversation like cap not... cap is uh, worthier than her technically vision is a coffee table is worthier than an elevator is... a coat <laughs> well this is true but like i guess there's a there, i guess there's a, a conversation that should be had about like mightiness versus power because like mm. you know thor and 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 jane they're worthy, more worthy than Captain Marvel to lift up the hammer. And, like, the hammer is more physically capable of, like, you know, keeping somebody like Loki or, or Captain Marvel down and, like, on the ground. But I don't know. I think that this is all has to, uh, the mightiness has to do more with the enchantment and the power uh -huh. sort of, like, That's varies right. on how you're feeling almost. Because, like, we saw in Thor Ragnarok that, like, it was like, oh, man, like, I'm going to go super Saiyan Thunder Lightning mode because, like, I have this weird like emotional moment with my dad and like you know with 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 hella and all that stuff and so i think that whoever's like i feel like your mind limits your potential in terms of your your power in the mcu so like i i don't mm. know never mind you just eliminate oh, no. that mind stuff i don't know I, what i'm saying <laughs> i like that theory a lot i i just think the mcu has been very uh nebulous about mm. what worthiness is it's a charm it's right. odin's charm he says whoever is worthy uh but like mm. 
you know, it was just Thor stopped being an asshole in, in Thor 1. <laughs> like, Cap was always the, the worthy. The was at, so low for Thor. <laughs> at what point did Cap become worthy? Could Skinny Steve have lifted Mjolnir? Was he worthy? Did he just, is it just having a heart of gold? Don't a lot of Marvel mm. characters have hearts, hearts of gold? Like, Vision seemed to be able to lift it because he had Thor's lightning in him, and that's kind of what brought him to life. But what is, is it vision having a heart of gold? Was it worthiness or is it of uh, being um, related in some kind of energy way to Thor? It's not really clear. But all yeah. we know is that Captain Marvel is not considered worthy by Odin, which I just think is noteworthy. <laughs> this, this is true because like we haven't like Captain Marvel wasn't around during that uh, Age of Ultron. Let's all lift the hammer scene. So, like, I do like that we had that scene so we could see which one of us is worthy. But now we know that Captain Marvel is not worthy of lifting the hammer. So it's just a really fun little yeah. MCU tidbit. But we know that Jane will be in Thor Love and Thunder. She's going to lift right. that hammer. She's going to become the mighty Thor. I want to know what made her worthy. Uh, is it just like being in a depowered state? Is it being a hero? I'm just saying everyone in the MCU has saved a life at some point. I thought it was interesting she got that tattoo that said Mjolnir magic. You have the science microscope and then Mjolnir magic. Yes. And to me, it's like, is that kind of like, they got Natalie Portman back to voice this character, which I just find mm. fascinating. Did they go to the set of Thor Love and Thunder and just be like, all right, everyone shut up, shut up, shut up. Okay. Okay. Uh, Batista. Well, Batista, I don't think was there. But uh, <laughs> but like go to some of the, Goldblum, Goldblum. Can you just say scoot, scoot? Cool, cool. cool. <laughs> And he goes, yeah, yeah, scoot, scoot. I'm taking the scoot, scoot. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> He's like, I don't know if I can say scoot, scoot. I might need to renegotiate my contract. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I guess my point is, like, Natalie Portman's back in the MCU, and we know mm. that's coming in Thor Love and Thunder. Like, I feel like some of the stuff in this episode is, like, reminding us of her relationship mm. with Thor. Uh, right, even though right. it was pretty surface level and superficial in this episode. They even had, like, goofy romance music playing when whenever they talk. <laughs> Yeah, no, like, I feel like a lot of this series is just like, hey, remember all of these, like, funny things, or, like, all of these things that happened in the MCU? Because you're gonna have to remember them for, like, the future live-action stuff that we're going to do. So rather than, you know, playing you a, like, a, a best-of, like, clip show of, like, here's all the stuff that you need to remember, here's what if, and then, like, you'll just remember from just watching these episodes. I agree. I, I did find it interesting to watch Captain Marvel fight Thor. I like seeing mm -hmm. them, seeing them battle cool. and spar. Uh, and I... I, Captain Marvel is a character whose powers are just kind of all over the map in terms of how powerful mm. she is. Like, every time she appears, she's just essentially Superman, you know? And in the True. MCU, it's like any character like that is just, like, infinitely powerful. I think that was my issue with Vision at the beginning. It's just like, mm. they don't need, like, a kryptonite weakness, but they need to have something that can restrain them that isn't just a more powerful character. Something in them that kind of their unhealable wound, their dramatic flaw... You know, right. uh, it can be their arrogance. Like Doctor Strange, he seems to be bound by his own arrogance. Uh, and he's trying to be too experimental. Uh, Peter Parker in the MCU is just naive. He's too trusting, you know. Black Widow doesn't trust enough, right? Like she has trouble trusting people because she, right. as a spy, has just been burned too many times. Um, right. So I, I'm always more interested in characters' flaws rather than things that make them, like, just God mode constantly. Right. I think that... Yeah. One of the flaws that they sh they could be subtly hinting at in the MCU so far with Captain Marvel is that she's a workaholic. Like this woman has so much responsibility, and she's so she's everywhere around the universe. This is sort of sort of sort of like reminds me of uh, Genus Vell, who was another Captain Marvel in the comics. Who in the comics he sort of goes crazy for a little bit with all the cosmic responsibility that he has, and like he kind of goes evil a little bit. 
So like we sort of see Captain Marvel is like, oh man, I'm the most powerful being in the universe. And I'm just like the Superman for the universe. And she's just sort of like everywhere. Mm. So like we always get Captain Marvel on a phone call because she's that's a never great available. Point. And see, that's such a great point. Yeah, because in Endgame, she told Rhodey, she's like, well, I was trying to save other planets. And she's always headed mm-hmm. to somewhere else. And then uh, in the Shang-Chi post credits, she's like, oh, beep, 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 gotta go. Um, but like, she's so far, we haven't seen her react to that. It's just kind of like, gotta go. But if in that moment, yeah. if Brie Larson was like, yeah, I was I was trying to save other planets. Like, like mm-hmm. to see that regret of the doctor right. who has to decide triage, you know? That's right. a fascinating discussion of like, I can save theoretically as many lives as I can. We're going back to mm-hmm. lost Jack Shepard. He has to decide <laughs> what lives to save. And that is a fascinating discussion. Like which yeah. planets are worthier of my help right now? I hope the Marvels goes into that. That needs to yes. be part of, because that is kind of the Superman debate. That's the the Dr. Manhattan debate, right? Like, right, right. yeah, I can only, I have to choose which lives to save. Lex Luthor made Superman in the first Super Donner Superman, which coast of the United States to save, right? <laughs> right. And that's, that's how you get them. That's how right. you force them to cry, force them to bleed is by watching others die. And yes. so far we haven't seen enough good writing for Captain Marvel to explore that. But I think you're right. That is neat. That does need to be where we go with her. Hell yeah. Let's get in the Marvels. I cannot wait for the Marvels because uh, Nia DaCosta, I think that was her name, the director. Yeah, Nia DaCosta is the director of it. Yeah. She did uh, Candyman, right? Oh man, it's going to be mm-hmm. great. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that is it for this episode of Inside Marvel. MT and I are going to be back next Wednesday with our What If mm. Episode 8 reaction. Don't forget to check out our many great merch options at NewRockStarsMerch.com. Follow me at EA Voss. Follow MT at Mastertainment. Follow New Rockstars. Subscribe to Inside Marvel wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for watching, and we'll close with our favorite moment of the episode. Did you boom? No, I didn't boom. Did you boom? You always boom. I never boom. I only boom in private. <laughs>